Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, how are you today? I'm just fine. I'm trying to figure out how I should speak in a British accent. Right. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yes. Sir. Good good day, Governor. <laughs> Maybe that's course, it. I don't know what uh, you know, Shakespearean English really sounded like back in his day. So, you know, maybe we'd have it all wrong anyway. But we are here to talk about Shakespeare to some degree in our latest episode of the Workplace Book Club. Um, Hamlet, a tiny little excerpt from Act One of Hamlet. And oh. yeah, so uh, you, we, we talked about this just a little bit before we uh, came on air here. But uh, let, let's just go ahead and say this, Mike, before we get going. Um, we don't necessarily understand every word of this <laughs> section, right? Like the grammar doesn't totally make sense. The syntax doesn't totally make sense on a couple of the final lines. And, and I guess we're, we're plowing ahead because that's sort of our point is like, you, you don't need to go get a PhD in literature to read this stuff. The point is that you read this stuff and, and glean some, some gold from it because you'd take time to wrestle with it. So that is what we're going to do today with a, a little piece of, of Hamlet. Yes, I must say that I'm often, you know, <laughs> perplexed by the complexities of the English writing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let, I'll just set it up. We, this is a little speech from Polonius, who has a son. And he, uh, he, he, the, the son's about to go on a journey and he offers him a few precepts, he says, a few precepts, just a little bit of advice for his memory. And uh, th this, you know, Shakespeare's loaded with stuff that has just been injected into the English language and has never left. This same little speech where Polonius is giving his son some advice before he hits the road, um, you get uh, lines like, neither borrower nor lender be. You get lines like, to thine own self be true. And there's another one that you'll you'll hear as, as we go through here that's that's pretty darn famous too. But we just we pulled out a, a little bit here, just uh, what uh, seven lines. And uh, I'll just uh, quickly read these. Remember it's it's sort of meant to be poetry. Uh, so I'll just try to uh, read it um, and and then we'll we'll talk. Uh, so here we go. <clears throat> Hamlet, Act One, Polonius. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy. Rich, not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man. And they in France of the best rank and station are of a most select and generous chief in that. So there's the quote. You know, why don't I read it one more time? It's it's nice and short, and I'll I'll go ahead and say it, it. It says habit in here. I take that to mean habit, like a nun's habit. You know, in other words, clothes. Right, right. Yeah, article of articles of clothing. Yeah, sorry. articles of clothing. Yeah. Right. So I'll quickly read this one more time. Uh, Polonius's advice to his son here in Hamlet: Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy but not expressed in fancy, rich, not gaudy, 
for the apparel oft proclaims the man, and they in France of the best rank and station are of a most select and generous chief in that. So there we go. There we go. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah there's, yeah, there's like, I'm not sure if, if I was reading books and thinking about them in this manner, I would only read one book in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dense to get through, right? Oh yeah, because just the first <laughs> the first two sentences. Yeah. The first just the first sentence, period, right? <laughs> Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Yeah. Uh, right. It's it's the old you got two ears and one mouth. Yep. <laughs> Use them in the same proportions. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it is uh, you, you noticed how many buts we get we, you know we have we have several opposites that are set up you know you, you're to give every man thy ear but you're to give few men your voice and then the next line kind of similar take each man's censure but reserve your own judgment don't don't give censure I guess is mm-hmm. maybe another way of saying that so you know in fact maybe we we ought to just stop there before we move on to some of the other opposites here. Um, you know what, I'll, I'll ask this as sort of a, like, just sort of a question to get us rolling, but, you know, listening, taking censure, what do they have in common? Um, you know, you giving, give every man thy ear, take each man's censure. What, what do they have in common that they're set up in, in the sentences that way? Well, I think the beginning of each one is it's all about listening. Uh-huh. It's all about taking in the world around you, taking in the, the, the what others are saying, and right. seeing what you can you, what you can learn from that. And yeah. so, give every man thy ear, uh, right? I want to listen to opinion opinions, even opinions I may not agree with. Um, and then, and then before you speak, uh, right? Make sure that that you're not doing the majority of the talking. Uh, that yeah. that when you're talking, you're not learning anything. Right. You can't learn by talking. You can only learn by listening. Right. Right. And so the same with the take each man's censure, you could replace censure with criticism. Yeah. Right. Take each man's criticism. Right. So you want to listen to, right. What do we tell all our clients? Right. Feedback is a gift. That's right. (laughs) Right. So he's saying, right. So feedback is a gift. If somebody's telling you something, especially if it's difficult to hear, you should listen. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, don't be quick to criticize others. Yeah, uh, and and you know, wait until the moment is right before you you know share that type of criticism with somebody else. So, two great examples of listening and feedback, yeah. and the importance of both. It it makes me think of uh, the Bible verse uh, from the book of James that says, uh, "Be be slow to speak, slow to get angry, quick to listen." You know mm-hmm. that that. Uh, the you know slow to speak and slow to get angry the you get you get a double whammy there just just be quick to listen that's the one thing you need to do but uh but speaking um yeah especially in moments like this right you know i I take in your censure and it's so easy for me to just immediately want to ping back with you know well you know what you've got wrong is and and instead basically saying take that in and keep your mouth shut just just keep taking it in well, it goes back to the the feed forward exercise we do where after somebody gives you some advice your only response that you're allowed to give is thank you thank you 
Yep. You can't dissect the advice. You can't tell them where they're wrong. You can't tell them where they're right. You can't tell them where yeah. you agree, disagree. Right. You just go, thank you. Now, and, that that's, well, go ahead and finish that thought. because well, And what I find is it's insanely difficult. <laughs> As I just interrupted you just now, right? Exactly. Almost <laughs> no one can do it, right? You'll, you'll, you'll like, okay, this, the rule is simple. Tell them your problem. They're going to give you advice when they're done. Say, thank you. That's the whole exercise, right? That's the whole setup. And you'll see, right? People, well, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Have you thought about doing this? Well, you know, I, you know or, or here's what I would do. Well, I tried that and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, no, just say thank you and think about. Yeah. Right. What were the elements that were present in the in the feedback you were given and what were the nuggets that might be useful? And, and of course, that's also a, a very freeing thing to not have to come up with an answer on the fly to this criticism and just say, thank you for giving me that feedback. You've given me a lot to think about and walk away or what have you. It, it's it's incredibly uh, uh, freeing to not have mm-hmm. to have an answer in that moment. Yeah, and you're you're better able to listen to right. what's being said because you're not crafting uh, right. your response. Uh, you know, you've shut that part of your brain down and say, "All right, I'm going to be in full listening mode." Yeah, and you listen better, you listen deeper. Uh, and even me, I like to say, you know, positive things. You know, so even saying, "Man, that that was good. I appreciate that." No, no, you just made a judgment on it, uh-huh. right? You know, so you shouldn't even do that. Just go. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now let me think about that. You know. Well, it, so somebody is probably thinking this, and I think it, it's worth us saying it out loud because I I uh, I notice that Shakespeare does not say um, to listen to only good censure. You know, it, it 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 doesn't say on here. You know, make sure that criticism is accurate before you take it in and then make sure you listen to it. It just says, it just says, take each man's censure. Um, should you really do that? <laughs> right, well, it was, uh, I think it was Emerson who said something to the effect of you should only listen to criticism from worthy folks, uh, right? Right, yeah. he said it much yeah. more eloquently, but, but yeah. And then I've also heard it said, you should never take criticism from people whom you wouldn't take advice from mm. it's like hmm right mm. so so i do think there is a waiting uh, yeah. right? not like waiting you know you know a pause but waiting as far as you know how much credence do you give i'm going to listen to all the criticism and i'm gonna give more credence to criticism from people who i respect admire and yeah. and, and believe care about me being a better at whatever it is that we're talking about yeah now, I think I could even make the argument, I can still listen to your criticism. I just may discount it in my head, but I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to take it, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, have a big argument with you about it or uh, disprove your point or anything like that. I'm just going to take it and I'll reserve my judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I may not give it as much weight, but I do want to. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, just in, just in those two lines, right. There's some incredible. Yeah, we could stop there, lessons. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like really good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so 
I didn't want to stop there because uh, these next lines all have to do with clothes. And I find it fascinating that they come on the heels of this whole advice about, you know, criticism and listening. So, <laughs> so there's, there's sort of no, no verb here. Uh, it's, it's just sort of the, the sentence almost starts in the middle. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as, as much as you can afford, uh, that's, that's the level of clothes you should buy. Mm-hmm. But there's another but here, but not expressed in fancy. And then a, a second set, rich, you know, rich clothing, but not gaudy. Um, so, so those are the opposites there. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy. Rich, not gaudy. Uh, what exactly is the advice about clothing here? What, what, <laughs> what's his point? Well, I think his point is not to look like a pimp from the 70s series. <laughs> That's all I can think in my head, too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, if you're walking around looking like Huggy Bear, <laughs> probably not good. The, but, but I think, right, so, so quality doesn't have to be gaudy. Yeah. And, and you can tell when somebody's wearing a, a quality piece of clothing by the way it hangs and looks and the material sure. and stuff like, but it doesn't have to sparkle. You know, it doesn't have to have sequins and Savorsky or, or have a giant brand name on it. Uh, right, right. So, so yeah, it doesn't have to be gaudy for me to know that it's quality. Yeah. And, and it is something to be said for, well, this is, this is sort of a, this is a disagreement my wife and I've had. Uh, I once had a client who was a millionaire, um, just sort of like looked me up and down, like he, you know, he just, just bloop, and then he said, "Hey, Mark," but I could tell in the back of his mind he had seen my clothing. There was something about it that displeased him, and I wasn't quite put together as well as I could have been and should have been to not be noise in his system. And so I, I'm not sure that I was gaudy, but probably I hadn't bought as, as much clothing as my purse could buy. That, that's probably a fair statement. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, can, I can sort of get this idea of, uh, you know, that, it's, that, it, that it will come off, um, come off wrong. But well, I'll tell you what I did, though, is, is I, I went and sort of got some advice on clothing and I upgraded my wardrobe a little bit and I spent a little bit of money doing it. And uh, my wife uh, was like, why are you buying all these old fashioned things? That was the argument. She's like, why are you buying all these old fashioned things? And I said, they're not old fashioned. They're timeless. Ooh. So, yeah. I, I read somewhere, uh, Tony Bennett in an interview, he said, uh, you know, that somebody asked him, what, what's the secret to your classic look? And he said, it's the lapels. Come again, the lapels. He said, yeah, the lapels, not too narrow, not too wide. Like, don't, don't try to make a statement with your lapels. Keep your suit lapels just right in the middle. Keep it nice and timeless and classic. So in, in my head, that's what I picture here is, you know, somebody who is um, not, not doing this for a show. They're doing this to, to look classic. There's, mm-hmm. there's my, my take on it. No, I, th- I think you're spot on. And, and yeah, you see, uh, you know, there's still something about a three-piece suit. Yeah. You know, you see somebody in a three-piece suit, you're like, 
they got it going on. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's a good look. Right. You know, it, it might not be in at the moment, right? It tends to go in and out every seven years, but yeah. But no matter when you see it, you go, that's a nice look, right? Yeah, There's a little extra right. effort there. There's somebody yep. who takes pride in their in their appearance. They probably take pride in other aspects of their personal and professional life. Yeah, right. we make inferences here, don't we? That's mm -hmm. that's we we uh we, we've been you and I've been talking about this recently. The idea of implicit bias and unconscious bias and. I, I guess sort of part of the point here is, you know, if we're saying clothes make the man or, or the way Shakespeare originally said it for the apparel oft proclaims the man, we're basically saying, yeah, people are going to have absolute biases as they see what you're wearing. So you should probably like work with that. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the young people, you know, have a saying, right? They're, they're like, you know, fond of saying, don't judge me. Oh, I got news for you, young people. <laughs> Everybody, everywhere, all the time is judging you, right? They are making, you know, based upon your, your looks, your speech, your appearance, your timeliness, your lack of timeliness, your grammar, your punk, every aspect of you is telling them something and they're making, whether you want to, do you want to change it to inferences? That's fine. Generalities, that's fine, right? But us old people just call them judgments, right? We're, we're, we're judging you based upon, what is it, what do they say? Don't oh. judge a man based on the cut of his jib. I, I don't even know what a jib is, <laughs> right? But apparently if your jib ain't right, people are gonna judge you. So you need to have your it reminds jib. reminds me, I saw a meme that had, uh, uh, it was like some, some woman who, I think it was like a tramp stamp tattoo or something that said, only God can judge me. And that was the top half. And the bottom half had God from uh, Michelangelo's creation scene, you know, where he's reaching out oh, to yeah. point at, at Adam and he's pointing at her and going, you're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Who is it? Yeah. Chris Rock does a bit on that, right? Where, yeah. Yeah. If you, you, you know, you shouldn't judge people by the clothes they wear. However, he figures out that if he walked around in a police uniform, <laughs> People would approach him and say, hey, listen, there's some crime over here. Can you help me? And he'd be like, ah, don't, you're judging whoa, me. Whoa, whoa. You're judging me because of the uniform I'm wearing and automatically assuming I'm somebody in law enforcement who can help. Right. That is wrong. You shouldn't judge people based upon the outfit. That's funny. It's like, no, it's going to happen. So, uh, you know, even, you know, in Shakespeare's time, uh, this was, this was something that was obviously worthy, worthy of, uh, you know, some of the precepts being listed as fatherly yeah. advice. So, so this is good stuff. So what I, do we, what do we take away from all of this? Yeah, I, th this is to me, you know, it's, it's like, what are the practical ways to honor this advice? That's, you know, in my head, what I think about and, you know, do, do looks matter, you know, I, th I think, you know, whether or not they should do looks matter, the answer is yes, they do. And so you've got to deal with that, right? I mean, you know, Disney is famous for having uh, mirrors, uh, full length mirrors, I believe, uh, before you go out on stage, quote unquote, into one of the, the the theme parks. So if you're, you know, uh, a janitor about to go out, um, you know, you still are required to look in that mirror and say, okay, am I smiling? Is my grooming accurate? Am I, you know, do I, do I look the part so that I can go 
present myself as someone who can uh, help people have a great time today and take care of them and keep them safe and so on and so forth. So, you know, there there's maybe sort of an extremely niche example of of uh, you know what what it might look like to really care about your appearance in the workplace. Um, but I feel like there's there's definitely um, something that we could all do to make sure we're um, regulating ourselves. I don't know if that's a fair way to put it. What do you think? No, I, I definitely, and on, on both counts, where the, whether it comes to being more aware of how you're listening or yeah. being, being more aware of, of, of how you present yourself to the world. Yeah. Um, so raising awareness for both. Uh, so, so I've never heard anybody, uh, I've never been told or heard anybody say that they listen too much. Right. You, you know, you're, you're, you're too good of a listener. Yeah. Not sure right. I've ever heard that criticism right. levied at anybody. <laughs> right. So, right. and then uh, I was always told that, that, yeah, you should always dress for the occasion and, if you're in doubt, overdress because you can always you can always take the outfit down a level, but you can't take it up a level once you get. That's there. right. That's and, right. And so, yeah, if I get there and I'm wearing a suit and tie, and everybody else is just in a jacket, I can take the tie off. You know? Yeah. And it, let me let me throw in one more on on that regard. I I I don't know why because I was raised you know lower middle class. I guess you know I was raised in a trailer. You know we had hand me downs. It was you know, pretty, pretty modest upbringing, but my mom had this thing about um, that her boys were going to learn how to wear suits. And I had never thought of that as a, like, you know, anything other than an uncomfortable thing that I had to do as a child to wear, you know, suits. <laughs> but guess what? Um, now that I'm in the business world, and I deal with a lot of young people sort of entering the workplace, like you need to learn how to like have a jacket on. You need to learn how to wear dress socks with dress pants and dress shoes, uh, not athletic socks, not crew socks, not socks that I can't see also. Um, th th things like that um, are gonna, it, it's not that you're, it's not that there's a uniform. It's that you look comfortable in things that are appropriate for that workplace. Um, I, I think that's the real, the real kicker. I, uh, I read somewhere, I've got a seersucker suit and I was trying to figure out what to wear with it. And I came across a piece of advice online that said, um, Hey, the one thing you have to wear with a seersucker suit is confidence. If you don't have that confidence, don't put that suit on. You will look so goofy and you will, you'll see people, you know, sort of like in a suit, just sort of they shift and they pull things and they just don't quite know what to do with their body and with the clothes on their body. I, I think that's part of what we're talking about here. Clothes make the man. And it's partly like you being comfortable with those clothes that are going to make the man. So for what that's worth. Well, that explains why you have a picture of Matlock uh, <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> right. I've heard it all. Yeah. Matlock. He wore the, he wore the, the seersucker and he looked you know, like he owned it. Yeah, right. he, he was confident. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Like, yeah, this was seven lines of a classic, and yet there's so much to talk about. So yeah, uh, and again, it's got to be just a a thing you wrestle with. You know, like if you don't understand every line of this. We didn't even get to the France part. Don't worry about it. You yeah, know, like there's plenty to. 
was 20 to go with here. Yeah, 20. France, they get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> they got good fries. So, uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, this is definitely something you'd have to wrestle with, read a few times, think about, right. discuss with somebody else. Uh, and would it make a good group discussion? Uh, absolutely right so so yeah maybe in a, a coaching situation right here's two lines from hamlet let's talk a little bit about listening and the importance of that how about in the employee orientation that you do with every employee on how to dress in the workplace you know mm -hmm. i mean just, this is this is deep meaty stuff and it uh improves you when you wrestle with it so hope you are able to do that dear listeners Oh, thank you. And I know I'm richer for the experience. Uh, so thank you for reintroducing me to another classic. <laughs> and so this uh, concludes uh, the third episode of yeah. Guys with Outlooks with Books <laughs> yeah, or uh, the Workplace Book Club, uh, whichever title you find most helpful. Let's throw it over to our, I'm sure he's got some English blood in him somewhere. Uh, yeah, our announcer, Mr. John. And that, I guess, is that. It doesn't take a genius. No rights reserved, nothing trademarked, copyrighted, or even original. Feel free to give it to anyone, anytime, using any and all media formats. Warning, Mark and Mike may or may not make another one. I'm your announcer, and I did not get paid a nickel to do this. They won't even let me tell you my name. So until next time, if there is a next time, stay safe. Be well. That's good enough.